thank you so much for listening in to the first ever episode of the Disciples by Design podcast. My name is Taylor Hagstrom, and I'm your host. And for those of you guys that don't know, I'm currently based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I've been a Christ follower for about 10 years. Now, I know that's not that impressive to some of you, but for me, I really wanted to get a podcast to really address one specific thing. There seems to be this disconnection, at least for me, and I'm sure some of you will relate, between what the Bible says and the scenarios that people go through and everyday life the way it is today. So for me, the hope is that we find ways to connect God's word and the advice of strong godly men and women that are out there that are leading by example and living it out to these challenges that we face. So for today's first episode, I've got a topic that tends to bring some darkness with it and not the darkness that even you know in the traditional sense but darkness that just really consumes our attention and it can really get us down and that topic is isolation and i know that's broad i get it and what i'll try to do is cover it from a couple different lenses and then relate it back to what the bible says and then from there give some real world examples you know i've got a story where this recently impacted my life and that's what we'll talk about today So let's get started talking about isolation, and in order to properly do so, I want to do two things to kind of open up the topic. First, I want to define it, and then I want to talk about a story that comes from my life where it'll help illustrate what it can look like in everyday life. So first, to really define it properly, I'm looking at the adjective form, which is isolated. So it's defined as being far away from other places, buildings, or people remote so being remote and and really where i want to frame this up is think about not necessarily not having physical people around you but not having that physical emotional connection to whoever is around you so think about a crowded street in new york or you know a shopping mall during the holidays when there might be a crowd but they're not connected to you And what that presents is if you're in a situation where maybe things aren't going your way or just being left on your own for long enough, you start to feel this loneliness creep in and the isolation really kind of takes form. So like I said, I want to go into a story of how it's affected me in my life recently. So for those of you guys that may know, um, maybe not, I just recently relocated to Atlanta with my work and from Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I've been since 2004. And there's a lot of family there. In fact, all of our family is there. And the relocation kind of came at a time where it meant that I was going to have to move ahead of time without my family and, you know, without my wife and without my two kids. And I've never been apart from them since that family has been there. And since I've been married and had kids, I haven't been separated from them for that for any length of time beyond maybe five, six days. So it was kind of a a, a daunting challenge before it even got started. And this started really back in October. And, you know, I flew to Atlanta first couple days. Yeah, sure. Any parent's dream, right, to be separate from the kids because the kids are always on. They're always, you know, crazy and full of energy and And that's why you love them, but at the same time, it's also why sometimes you go a little bit crazy. 
And anybody who denies that that's the case is lying, right? You know, it's it's definitely a part of being a parent, but that's what makes it so worth it when you see the amazing stuff come through. So for me, when I first got to Atlanta, the first couple days were amazing. And then it started to set in that I was by myself. And sure, I had people at work and, you know, sure, there were people around me when it came to just general society. But the isolation started to set in. And for me, it had been such a long time since I've been by myself that it started to really kind of challenge me and not in a way that, you know, I was tempted by things that I shouldn't be when I'm married, like other other women or anything like that. It was it was just this 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 feeling inside my head that I needed to do something to kind of stay busy, to stay distracted, and maybe that would be the the band-aid for the wound. And, 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 and at first it helped, you know, staying busy and just focusing it on work. I was working extra hours. I was trying to get a really good solid foundation with my new team. But what it ended up doing was it just kind of made the isolation stick out so much more through contrast. And, you know, it only went so far in other words. And once that started to wear down, you know, and at this point it's probably a week or two in, I just started to really, really let my mind wander and be focused on the wrong things. And and what I mean by that is I would start to sit there and just wonder, you know, what I need to do to be a better dad, a better Christ follower, a better husband. But it wasn't always good stuff. Like I was thinking of myself in this light that it just, you know, I, I felt stupid for, you know, even relocating and, and everything like that. And, and it's not, my company's fault, but I started to truly blame myself. And for me, I just started to feel sad and, you know, all the emotions that come with that. So, you know, it was, you know, there were times of crying, there were times of getting pissed off, there were times of being frustrated. And what that ended up causing was anytime I would talk to my family, it would come through. It would be frustration, it would be, you know, coldness if if my wife didn't respond quick enough. It would be this desire just to connect in any kind of way with with my family because they weren't there. And, you know, again, this this guilt just started to set in. So I started to ask myself, like, what can I do to overcome this? And I really didn't know. For me, I was just going to try to be the tough guy, uh, you know, try to get through it and just, you know, swallow the pill and, and move on. But it didn't work like that. And notice how the entire time I've been talking about this so far, I haven't once mentioned that I turned to my Bible. And that's kind of where I'm definitely the most disappointed in myself because at this stage in my faith, you know, I, I volunteer at my church. I, you know, I've been a Christ follower. I've been baptized. I truly believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I believe that God has given me so much. But for some reason, I couldn't pull myself to turn to the one thing that would actually guide me to the solution that I was looking for, the Bible. And it's because in darkness, it's so hard to see what's right in front of you. Think about it. Think about being in a room where the lights are completely off. There's no light at all, nothing to illuminate any surface in that room. You're going to have a hard time seeing what's right in front of you. So in other words, you rely on what you know is around you instead of what you don't know. 
And the ironic thing is, in these situations where we struggle, it's more important to focus on what we don't know than what we do know. In more cases than not, what we do know got us in the situation where we're struggling. And that's what I've come to realize out of this, this whole relocation. So at this point, we're coming up on 58 days of me being separated from my family due to this relocation. And for those of you guys that are doing the math, that's about 1,392 hours. And that breaks down to 83,520 minutes or 5 million seconds. And it sounds really significant when I break it down like that. And for some of you, it might not sound significant. But for me, it was far beyond anything that I've experienced. Being alone is not fun. And the point that I really want to kind of bring up around this whole story is not to just like get garner emotional, like, you know, pity or whatever to towards my situation. Because at the end of the day, I, I, I chose to accept it. And I chose to go down that path. And at the end of the day, God's going to sustain me and my family. So that's not the point of this. The point is, is I didn't turn to God quicker. And then the other point is, there's people around you right now that are feeling this way. And they might seem fine. They might be in contact with people every single day. They might even lead people like I do. I lead over 100 people on my team every single day. But that doesn't mean that I didn't feel isolated. And that doesn't mean that that person around you doesn't feel isolated. And what I've noticed in myself is I have a really hard time of being intentional to reach out to people that may be showing any of these signs, showing any signs of isolation. For me, it was just, you know, I, I tried to put on this face and, you know, it was really hard to tell. Um, but anytime anybody would bring up my family, I definitely had a certain reaction to it. And not in a bad reaction, especially in the professional work environment. I had a reaction that was definitely appropriate. But if you read into the micro expressions or the signals, rather, that I'm giving, it would show that I feel sadness because I've been away from my family for so long. And where this can get really dangerous is for those people that are around us that might be in isolation and feeling the darkness set in from isolation. And they don't know where to turn because, again, they can't see what's right in front of them. So instead, they just stay quiet. They sit in the corner, they sit in the middle of the room in the darkness and be quiet. This could be from a parent, a parental perspective, right? It could be the mom who does so much for her kids. And, you know, as a dad, I, I totally constantly try to get better at this, but as a dad, maybe you just don't do enough to support your, your wife, your spouse to really kind of carry the load of the kids because you want to talk about difficult jobs. That is the most difficult job uh, on the earth, like period. Like there's no nothing else that will surpass raising kids um, because it's always a job that has you on the clock. There's never actual, you know, sanctity or separation from it because, you know, something goes down in the middle of the night, like, you know, a kid wakes up sick and starts throwing up everywhere or you know, somebody breaks into the house, your first concern is going to be that job, uh, you know, taking care of your family, taking care of your kids. So as a mom who maybe is feeling like they're carrying more of the load, it can start to wear them down and tire them out. 
and eventually can put them in a place of isolation. Another example is a kid who maybe doesn't fit the social bill that would, you know, put them in with the cool kids, the popular kids. And over time, they're kind of pushed into this corner where people don't even interact with them. Or they might even make fun of them because the way they look, the way they dress, the way they talk, how smart they are, who they are, who their parents are, whatever it is, the way people treat them has put them in isolation. And they feel alone. They feel like they have nowhere to turn and no one to talk to because all they can see is the darkness around them. They can't see anything else that might be within arm's reach. Another example is somebody who, you know, maybe has one of those occupations where it takes them away. They travel a lot. The most relevant thing that I can think of is think of a military deployment or a tour, however you want to label it. The minimum for a tour, you know, overseas, especially like with Afghanistan or some of the other countries that we've been in recently, it can be a minimum of six months. Now, if you paid attention, I said 58 days. That's less than two months on a calendar. And six months is a lot more significant. That's 180 days. That's 4,300 hours. That is 259,000 minutes and over 15 million seconds. So to be away from my family for 58 days pales in comparison to somebody who's in the military and gone for six months. And that's not even the, like the standard. The standard is a year, so you double that. What that creates is this environment where the distance between the isolated and their loved ones or the people that care about them seems so great that darkness really just controls what goes on. And even for the Christ follower, this is the case. Now, of course, we know in the Bible, it talks how about all, all about how we're never left alone. You know, we have God who's always watching us and watching out for us and keeping us on his path. He already knows what we're going to do throughout our life because he's, he's designed us. He's created us, so he knows. But that feeling doesn't always set in. And again, it might be around you, it might be within you, but you can only see what's right in front of you. And with if you're in darkness, you can see nothing that's right in front of you. And additionally, as a Christ follower, we know that the Holy Spirit's within us. But at the end of the day, if we're feeling that darkness set in, we can trick our minds and our hearts into believing that there is nothing there. We start to question it. We start to get tempted by doubt. And everyone goes through this. I don't care how long you've been a part of a church and, you know, following Jesus, it's going to happen. But we know when we break it down that God is always there. And some reminders of that are, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except for what is common to mankind. So I'm going to pause there. What is common to mankind, specific to this world, something that God created, and you know the, the temptation that follows that. So everything under the sun is easily conquerable by the Creator because He created everything under the sun. Make sense? So common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So any temptation we have on this earth, whether it's isolation or something else, he gives us a way out. 
sometimes we're so clouded in our judgment and our 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 sight our our spiritual sight that we do not know how to get out we don't know which way is going to help us endure the challenges that we face the temptation that we face in isolation specifically it's tough because there's so much darkness and the biggest thing that we can do is to just bring it up just talk about how you feel to somebody that matters to you whether that's a parent a friend you know a spouse if you don't vocalize and 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 put words to how you're feeling it's very difficult to tell and detect what you're truly feeling like and that was the biggest struggle for me in my story was I didn't want to talk about it. I'm not an emotional guy. I'm not a guy that likes to talk about my emotions. In fact, I tend to bottle them up and I just work through it because I think I'm tough. But that's not toughness. And in fact, I would call that weakness. And ultimately, as soon as I started talking about it, that that lit up the pathway. The pathway to endure the rest of this time that I was separated from my family. And again, I can only imagine for people that have you know gone through more difficult or dark or darker isolation i i have no idea what that feels like but in my situation the solution was to talk about it and and not just to my my spouse but also to pray about it to to pray to god and even though you don't get that that oral audio driven answer from god where he just speaks to you and like you can hear it and you're like this is great this is a miracle god has answered me because that doesn't happen, not in today's day and age, but what you'll start to see is stuff change in your life. The atmosphere will change. You'll see a light flicker on at some point somewhere around you. It might be a friend reaching out to hang out with you. It might be a spouse calling you and just saying, hey, something feels off. What is going on? They're opening up that pathway and lighting up that pathway for you to endure the temptation of isolation. At the end of the day, Isolation isn't darkness everywhere. Isolation is just darkness in the immediate area that you're in, the room that you're in. So it's very much bound by space and it's an illusion. And an illusion that God can overcome, but you have to trust in him and give it to him to be able to do that. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And if there's not a better reminder out there of what God really wants in our relationship with him. There's no mistake that we call him our father because he wants for us to thrive in his kingdom. We are the kids, the children of the living God. And what that means is he cares about us just like a parent would about their kid. They're not always happy with them. They're not always void of frustration, but he cares about us. He cares about those who feel isolated. He cares about those that are stuck in the darkness. You know, from the parenting perspective, you know, again, the solution is just to talk about it. Open up. Tell somebody. And even if it's not received, don't give up. Because the devil, again, is always walking around looking to devour us like a hungry lion, right? But at the end of the day, God will give you what you need to endure the temptation. The best thing you can do is to reach out. And for those that maybe aren't in isolation today, you will at some point feel that way. Whether it's in your own home, your office, 
your church, in your relationship with God, when you're in your own quiet room trying to pray and you feel like you're just apart from Him. You will feel that way at some point. So what you can do that will impact this and to really set yourself up for how to deal with this in the future is to reach out to those around you, to be proactive and intentional in, tr in trying to make sure that nobody is in isolation around you. And if you have that active focus on doing that, when it comes time where you're in isolation, you're more than likely have someone who will reach out to do you the same favor. Additionally, God will show you your pathway quicker because you'll be looking for it. You'll be fighting and clawing and scratching and doing whatever it takes to get out of that dang darkness into the light. But at the end of the day, you've got to be intentional now. And for those that are in darkness, don't believe the illusion that's there. You're not alone. God is always with you. If you pray for change, if you pray for light, light will show up. And people will make that impact that you're looking for. And honestly, when it comes to the darkest moments in our life, it can really seem like the end or like it's going further downhill and it is never going to stop. But if you think about the way that the sun sets and rises, the night, you know, after sunset, the night sets in and the night is always darkest before the dawn. If you guys have seen the Batman movies, that's the reference in there, right? But it's the truth. The night is always at its darkest point before the sun starts to rise. So if you're at your darkest point in your life that you've been in so far, the sun will rise. The light of God will penetrate any darkness that's in your life. What you can do is pray daily. It doesn't have to be this eloquent prayer that just is full of these words that just would, you know, blow people's minds. It just has to be genuine and true. And additionally, read the word daily. You have to carry it with you obsessively, the Bible, because that was my challenge. I had a Bible. I have many Bibles. I have a couple that I use regularly. But when it came to this isolation, it wasn't my instinct to, to open that. So now I carry it more frequently with me and actually on my person at almost all times. Not to be that weird Bible guy, but to be accountable to make sure that I had his word in front of me. So, you know, for me, isolation can bring a lot of darkness, but it's also one of the biggest lies that the devil can set on us. And it, and, and it can really cause some dysfunction in relationships and in psyche, and, and that's where it gets dangerous, but only if you let it. You are in control. You will survive this you will endure it because god cares about you he loves us all why else would he have sent his sent his only son to die for us on the cross so for that that's where i'm going to conclude today's episode so i hope that you guys got something out of this i hope that it wasn't too dim or dark i hope that you were able to find some value but you need to set some time aside to pray, to, to, to reach out and just speak on how you feel. Even if it doesn't feel right, you've got to speak on how you feel because that'll help open up a channel for God to come in and bring light. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this first episode of the Disciples by Design podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Hagstrom, and I'll see you next time.